everyone to Avoria's podcast. Uh, I am Mike Messenger, and with me is Chaz Billington. We are partners at Boris. Chaz is a human resource lawyer at Boris. I'm a patent attorney at Boris and specialize in machine learning patent protections. And today we want to talk about the new generative AI tools, especially as we're seeing them being used in companies. And we want to look at it from a human resources perspective. We'll keep it practical with some examples, and we'll close with some best practices as we see them today. Welcome, Chaz. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. It's a fun topic. Yeah, and, you know, we see, you know, pretty much every day, it feels like we see a new generative AI tools being launched, uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT and Dolly, Google's Barb. We've got Microsoft's Copilot around the corner. But, but let's cut to the chase. I'm hearing from a, a lot of general counsel and other corporate officials and company officials and decision makers that they're in their company. Half of their employees are asking them to use gener- if they can use generative chat and open AI tools. And what's really worrying them is that the other half of the employees are not asking them, but are probably using these tools. <laughs> You look at this from a human resources perspective, you know, what what can we tell uh, companies? Well, I look, I think employees generally fall into a couple of buckets, right? You're going to ask for permission or beg for forgiveness, right? So I think if if this is coming up and you're hearing it, chances are it's already in the workplace. It's already <laughs> being used. And it's been a really hot topic. And when we've counseled clients um, specifically with respect to use of AI, more specifically chat GPT in the workplace, you know, the issue is not can you or can't you. It's perfectly legal, obviously, to do it. It's more the risk profile. And so what we typically tell people is, look, you have to understand what it's being used for, what it can do, what your employees are wanting to do with it. And talk about you know, the guardrails and risk mitigation you're going to do as a company. I mean, just like any technology you know, anything you would be implementing in the workplace, you need to thoroughly understand what it is that you're doing. You need to understand how that that software, that tool works. And I think part of the issue right now is that, you know, ChatGPT particularly is all the rage, so hot right now, right? I mean, it's got a couple of things going for it. A lot of publicity, easy access, and allure, right? It is hot. It is super sexy. People are hearing all of these, you know, crazy claims about what this stuff can and can't do. And I think that companies need to start thinking about what is what they're going to do in response to this 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 demand for use of these tools, which, you know, are being sold as life changing, right? That, you know, these things can do these magical things. They can replace whole jobs and people and, you know, the Reports of the death of lawyers, I think, are a little premature, but they're out there. So I think, you know, look, getting to know what it is your employees want to do with it. Let's start a working group, you know, understand what these people want to do and how they want to use it. And then dig in behind the scenes to figure out, you know, what can we do as a company to, you know, risk mitigate. Yeah. And, and you know, I like that suggestion of sort of really focusing on what do you want to do with the tools? Because right. I, I think there's, you know, what I'm hearing from some of these, you know, early task force that our clients are, are doing with different working groups is that these tools have the potential to really achieve a business advantage, efficiency, time saving and quicker ways to get a better work product. But of course, the devil is in the details on how you get right. to that. And I see a lot of people thinking, well, isn't this my um, IT department? This is like an electronic tool. And isn't right. the real issue whether or not I'm doing copyright or intellectual property? Why are we talking to a human resources lawyer? 
And why should our HR department be involved? The answer I give all the time why all of a sudden I show up in rooms where it seems like maybe I shouldn't be in that room is because human resources starts with the word human. And it's going to be humans, your employees using this. And those are, you know, that's where some of the inherent risk comes into these things. The tools themselves are fairly you know, are fairly straightforward. It's 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 the use of the tools that this becomes an issue. And it's not just an IT issue, right? And it's not just an IP issue. In this space particularly, HR loves new tech, right? We saw years ago, everybody talked about data analytics. I don't think anybody knew what data analytics meant, but everybody wanted to use them. They thought it was going to change the world. So HR is always looking for that edge, always looking to push into more progressive, you know, more futuristic technology, as it were. As I think certainly here, it's no difference. I think, you know, we've seen AI and HR already. I mean, multiple companies have either homebrewed or are using some AI module. You know, what jumps to mind particularly is Workday, one of the biggest companies out there. Workday got smacked with a lawsuit um, claiming that there's a bias inherently built into the tool. And I think that sort of woke a lot of people up to say, oh, wow, you know what? Maybe this is something we need to be paying a little bit more attention to. But even to just talk about nuts and bolts in the workplace, I mean, you know, I'd encourage anybody listening to this, you know, assuming your company doesn't have a uh, strict prohibition on it uh, or on your personal time, you know, go out and play with it. Open up chat GPT three or four if you can get access to it. Look at Bard, right? Look at Bing um, and start to play around with it. And I think you'll very quickly realize with the right prompts, it's an incredibly powerful tool and it's very alluring. You know, some examples I've given that I've seen directly in the workplace is I've seen people generate entire handbooks with chat GPT. And I got to tell you, it does an okay job, right? It, but the, the issue is that it does an okay job, not a compliant job, not a perfect job. You know, that's where you need us, Mike, right? You know, you need the lawyers to come in with the JDs and edit this stuff. But I think, you know, a lot of other things you can do with it, it can generate contracts. I mean, you want to buy a thousand widgets, you want to buy the thousand widgets from somebody in Omaha, and you're here, you know, in Cleveland, where I am, or you in DC. Great, it can draft that contract for you, but I guarantee you it's going to miss some things. And I guarantee you there is going to be some things that you and I would change about it. And that's the risk. I think people are too prone to rely on this because it is so futuristic. They think it is this perfect thing. Um, you know, this is not, uh, you know, Skynet from Terminator, right? Like this is not that level of sophistication. This is getting off the ground. And there are inherent issues with using this particularly relying on it out, out of the box, right? Just generating something out of the box. You know, there's been a couple other really good examples where, you know, right now there's a, a mayor who is thinking about suing chat GPT because the software or the, the program rather accused him of bribery. Well, he was a whistleblower. He didn't, you know, he didn't accept a bribe. And likewise, there's another defamation case brewing out there where a college professor was accused of sexual misconduct, never happened. Um, but when mm -hmm. his students were, you know, using the software to get some intel on this individual, that's what came up. And guess what? They took it as the gospel, right? They took it as absolute truth, not understanding the limitations of this. And so I think, you know, there are so many ways this can be used in the workplace. Um, but again, I would encourage anybody out there, play with it, mess around with it, see mm -hmm. what you can do with it. I mean, if you're going to draft a policy, if you're going to have your company take a stance on this, you need to know what it is, right? So I would have some a bit, I would have some familiarity with, with the use of this thing and see what it can and can't do and start making some of your own opinions based on your own experiences with it and also some expert opinions. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I like the way you were highlighting the, the different uses of the tools 
and and you kind of go down to the next level of detail three buckets we're seeing is one is the content creation that, that you were describing like can i appropriately um, without bias and 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 follow my content creation guidelines that i have as an organization right. can i create user manuals can i create policies um, can these save me time creating some of these written documents and other types of documents and images that I want to get out there. And that's sort of the content creation bucket. And then related to that, we see the code generation bucket. Right. We use these tools to generate code. And, and then that does bring in some of the IP issues, which we'll cover in a different podcast. Yeah, right. Um, but then there's sort of the, the code creation bucket um, for, for these tools as well. And then, you know, and finally, you know, the final thing is, does this actually go into a product or service that we have? And, right. and of course, there's some more sophisticated product channels and internal mechanisms for, for reviewing that. Um, but some of these tools do have the, the opportunity to improve companies' products. And I know there's task force around those going on um, yeah. in many of our listeners' organizations. Um, yeah. But even for those buckets, is there an HR role for you mentioned bias? Is there an HR role to sort of look at how the organization lets these tools get used? Oh, 100%. I, I think there are, HR should be involved in a few places, right? I mean, oftentimes there's policies internally about, let's talk one piece, right? Confidentiality, things like that. What's getting loaded into this thing? You know, there have been multiple examples of companies finding, maybe not necessarily trademarked, you know, or, or pure intellectual property, but certainly proprietary information, information that's confidential. And they're finding it in ChatGPT because some employee said, hey, look, I want to generate a better version of this code. I want to take these slide decks that have a bunch of confidential financial information, have them synthesized into a PowerPoint for me that I can give. And it's going to it's going to it's going to shortcut my job. It's going to augment my ability to do my job. That's one area where I really see the issue. The other and that's your employees using the tool from an exterior perspective, right? They're going on their phones, they're going on their computers, just using chat GPT right from its interface. The other issue where bias is, is the big issue is using AI as an HR tool. And that can be done a couple of different ways. Performance management, right? You can have AI and, and deep learning that actually goes into the organization, helps to motivate people to discover what they want, helps with their performance management, their career progression, things like that. You similarly use it, uh, see it used in screening a lot, right? There's been a couple of high profile cases. Um, a couple of big companies were using bots that they either built themselves or, you know, augmented with outside um, software. And interestingly, in those instances, this is where we see this bias concept come up. What ended up happening was like a, a good example is a large tech company who I won't name, but you know, was using it to screen applicants. And they found that it had a disparate uh, impact in that it was selecting overwhelmingly male applicants. And why was that? What well, was the input? They trained this thing on a bunch of software engineers' uh, resumes, and they were overwhelmingly male. And there were, and so it got built with a bias into it. It's another great example of, you know, a tech company using a chat bot um, that had its own Twitter handle that immediately veered into some unsavory places um, and took some very unpopular opinions that it learned because its input was the internet, right? It was being built with those biases. And I think we're seeing this come ahead in a few ways. A, we're seeing the lawsuits, but B, we're also seeing certain states, uh, Maryland and California is looking at it, but multiple, multiple states, New York, have laws either on the books or pending that are going to require you to audit or bias the AI that you're using, particularly in the recruiting process, right? There's some notice requirements if we're you know, there are softwares that will analyze your facial structure, right, as you're interviewing and give certain inputs based on that. 
Likewise, it'll screen applicants for you. It'll even chat with them, right? You may not know you're talking to, I guess, a quote unquote robot, but you are, right? And we need to know what's in those. And the only way to know the input, to know if there is an inherent bias in there is to audit these things. And so, you know, that is the, as I would say, it's probably the number one concern followed directly by the confidentiality issue. You know, most of the companies we're talking about, they're not building these AI tools. They're using something off the shelf that they're purchasing. And so if you're using a module for your talent attraction, talent retention purposes, you know, you need to understand, is there a bias in this? Has it been audited? I mean, ask the vendor, look, have you bias audited this thing? Can I see it? If not, think about doing it yourself to determine, like, am I going to get slapped with a lawsuit? Because at the end of the day, these these come in the form of class actions, right? And what do those have, right? Multiple, multiple, multiple plaintiffs. And they have those pesky attorney's fees. And they can get very expensive very quickly. And it's not like it's a deliberate thing you're doing. You're screening out, you know, some companies, thousands of applicants, you know, per hmm. year. Every one of those individuals, depending on the demographic they fall in, theoretically could be a plaintiff. So, I mean, it's important to know what it is you're using and, and how it's working from a risk yeah. mitigation standpoint. And, and, and you mentioned that there are some, some, some state federal laws that are starting to either come out or address this topic in particular, or do we just, can we, can we rely on our existing procedures and processes that, you know, we do to safeguard content and our company operations already so I don't yeah. have to say, oh, the sky is falling. Just tighten up my normal procedures and make sure our company is following its normal procedures. Uh, it's just now that we have tools that generate content on steroids. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, you know, maybe even your existing confidentiality, you know, policies and things like that may work here. But why not look at it, right? Why not think about what employees are doing and, and how this could be used? Do we need to augment our existing policies, A, B, state laws are where this is happening right now, and there's only a handful of them. But I can tell you, if you look at the trends, they're being introduced in multiple states. And so, you know, what is it, the Wayne Gretzky quote, skate where the puck is? Um, from a risk mitigation standpoint, that's not a bad idea, right? This stuff's coming. And so it's going to be at the forefront. You know, a lot of places, you know, an, an audit is not going to be some crazy expensive endeavor. And, you know, you know, it's not going to be insanely time intensive. So why not? you know what, why not think about it? And it, particularly thinking about it before you're using this, that should just be part of the risk profile. Hey, I want to use this AI screening tool. Great. What are the things that we as a company need to start thinking about when we let this into the workplace and start ticking those boxes off, right? Lawyers are great at that. That's the greatest, you know, we're all about telling you what you should do, right? You need to think about this. You need to think about that. And that's certainly the case here. From a federal perspective, I mean, you saw as part of uh, the Biden's plan, the blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. I mean, it's top of mind um, whether something makes it out of the current Congress. I would <laughs> I'm not taking bets on that, nor am I holding my breath. Um, but I think certainly the administration's keyed into the use of algorithms um, in employment specifically. Right. I mean, this blueprint talks about, you know, al algorithmic discrimination, which is a term we're going to hear a lot more of. And that's that, you know, potential for inherent bias and things like that that are built mm -hmm. into these softwares. There's data privacy concerns as well. Some of the software is scraping emails and text messages and things like that internally to learn and, and to help better, you know, I, I guess, support the employee population. Well, folks may not like that, right? <laughs> they may not like to hear that. That's a privacy concern. And yeah. so I think, you know, it's top of mind for, for a lot of states. 
It's top of mind for the feds. You know, it should be top of mind for our clients. Yeah. Well, well in closing, because because this is this is coming to and happening now is we're going to be hearing from vendors and um, a lot of our clients that we work with and other organizations are encountering vendors that are basically saying, buy our tool. It's AI powered, AI enhanced, has an AI component. Um, so because the vendor says it okay, is it okay for, for us to take it at face value and use it from an HR perspective? I think I want to see that vendor contract. Um, <laughs> you know, when that thing goes through procurement, I, I'd like to see some indemnification language in there. <laughs> I'd like to see some uh, clauses relative to, you know, how this thing was developed and specifically guarding against, you know, some of the things we've been talking about, confidentiality, bias, things like that. I think, look, you you know, you're in a position where, this is going to get uh, it's going to come to a head for a lot of companies. Right. I mean, it, it, people are going to slap AI. on it. You're going to get an AI toaster on Amazon. I'm, I bet you, you know, and that's going to be the hottest selling thing out there. Everything's <laughs> going to have some component of AI in it. So, look, you know, my advice to everybody out there is, you know, do your analysis, figure out what your employees want to do, how they're going to use it, what, whether you should let them use it. Maybe it's great. Maybe it augments their work and makes things more efficient. Great. But then create your policies. Right. Put the guardrails in place. And then train your people on them. Train everybody, you know, in the company. Hey, these are our policies. This is how we want you to engage with th these tools, either, whether it be ChatGPT or anything else. You know, here's what we expect you're doing with it here. And if you have questions, here's who you should talk to. You know, have that ombudsman, have that point person who can talk to the individuals who's up to date on this. Audit where you can, right? Audit these tools out of the box. You know, you want to know that they've been audited or perform your own audit. Um, and quite frankly, stay up to date on the law. Um, listen to podcasts, right? Like this, you know. Um, but you know, put a tickler on your on your Google Alerts or something like that, you know, which is now run by AI. So who knows how that'll work? But you know, stay up to date on how the law is going to evolve because it's going to evolve quickly. And I bet you you're going to wake up one morning and find out that either your state or some you know federal agency of some sort has put something in place that's going to affect you or will affect you in the near future. So just you know, vigilance, constant vigilance, I would say in this area. And, and maybe vigilance is, is, is a good point to end on. Yeah. Letting your employees do what they need to do to leverage the power of these tools, but, but doing it smart in mm -hmm. terms of enforcing your policies and your guidelines, updating it when you can, staying abreast of the state and federal things, and pulling in HR maybe earlier than you otherwise would because there's already these examples out there of training data being biased, the way these tools have disparate impacts, yeah. Um, that they're, they're new enough and the power of them are significant enough that getting that HR read earlier in the process could save companies some money and headache down the line. Yeah. Don't have AI draft your AI policy or your AI confidentiality <laughs> policy, which I'm sure someone will do. And I'm sure someone, as we speak, is developing an AI auditing tool that is run by AI. Um, so, you know, it's just turtles all the way down. Right. So I, you know, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. Just stay. We're now spiraling into an episode of Twilight Zone or Black yeah, Mirror yeah, here. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's just uh, it just never ends in this area. And, you know, look, listen, I think it, it's every component of, of the company. You know, it, listen to your upcoming podcast, you know, about the IP effects, because I think those are equally you know, important for organizations. Anytime you got an emerging law, you've got an emerging trend, you've got an emerging software, an emerging tool, something that's flashy and is, you know, really alluring for employees, you know, you gotta you need to understand that before you turn it loose.
Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Chaz, for your, your insights. Yeah. And I want to thank all the listeners for joining us on this Voorhees podcast. Feel free to reach out to us directly if you have any follow-up questions. We do have some additional resources we'd be happy to provide you and links to some of the content and issues that we talked about here and resources at the state and federal level. Um, and, and best of luck out there to all of our listeners and their, their innovation and in making their companies happen. Thank you.